Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with a minimal buyout. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. We are 10 weeks into the season. It was an eventful week 10. Most of the top 10 teams had their struggles. Ryan, what's your first takeaway? My first takeaway is one of those teams that had their struggles was Bama, uh, this LSU game. It was uh, very surprising. Obviously, it was a huge spread. and LSU even had several guys out uh, in this game, a lot of dude, a lot of them due to injury. But Coach O, I've got to give him credit. They got off to a good start. That was a good uh, kind of cool fake punt that they uh, that they ran. Uh, kind of unique. So I've never awesome. seen that before. Uh, I don't know if that was called or practiced that way where the punter supposed to jump up, but it was, it was like it was a basketball well shot. That was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Um, but, but really the surprising thing in this game was just how LSU's defense dominated Bama's offensive line. The tide rushed for just six yards. I mean, how is that possible? The football's so weird. Like LSU couldn't stop anything a couple weeks back against Florida. Like it was just wide open, everything. And now all of a sudden they just shut down Bama. It's crazy. Make sense. It's crazy. Obviously, it a lot of Bryce sense. Young sack yardage, but even without that, it was even bad. Without it, right? Yeah. Bijan Robinson. I mean, not Bijan Robinson. Um, uh, Brian. Brian Robinson. <laughs> another B. Robinson. Got to give yeah. him a little credit on that one. Uh, I mean, he had like what eighteen yards on my. It was just. It was nuts. Um, Alabama was fortunate to win. LSU had a few chances late, uh, late in the game to kind of take the lead. They even got to a first and goal situation down six. Uh, but unfortunately, went and turned it over on downs. But you know, it was it, it was just kind of more of the same as far as like, hey, everybody seems vulnerable in the country except for Georgia right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, my uh, first takeaway here is Steve Sarkeesian is not going to have a good year one with Texas. Officially, they lost thirty to seven at Iowa State. They benched Casey Thompson. Hudson Card didn't do any better, so they are now four and five. That, that clinched the under, I think, seven and a half was their win total. And this was not really supposed to be a rebuild, I didn't think, coming into this year. Herman had been recruiting pretty well. Um, they had three straight top 25 finishes on the field. So to be headed for a six and six, seven and five season at best is is not a great start. Obviously, it's so early that you don't overreact. It's fine. But uh, instead of heading into next year with a ton of optimism, it's going to be more pressure for for sark yeah yep well speaking of texas schools i was i looked at the auburn texas a&m game this weekend and and a&m is a completely different team the last four games starting with that alabama upset uh their defense looks incredible after they held number 13 auburn to 226 yards three points had a, a scoop and score defensive touchdown also you know, the offense isn't outstanding, but the rushing attack is gaining traction with Spiller. They put uh, they put up 217 yards on the ground against a pretty good Auburn defense. Uh, the, the main story offensively for them was Calzada got injured. He injured his left shoulder, but he did come back, so it'll be something to, to kind of watch. But this is the A&M team we expected going into the season, but apparently it just took them a handful of games to maybe hit their stride. Yeah, it's too bad. They were one of my playoff picks. I wish they would have turned it up a little sooner. Anywho. All right. Uh, my next game is uh, 
Cincinnati and, and the Tulsa was quite a game, which, you know, Cincinnati's got to stop making a habit of these if they want to get in the playoffs. So Cincinnati kind of looked like they were going to take control of this one, but Tulsa ended up battling back and it was very close. They were down eight um, and Cincinnati had to kind of come up with a couple of goal line stands at the end. They kind of stopped the first one um, and then uh, Ritter got it back. Uh, Desmond Ritter in the Cincinnati offense got it back and they, they had to snap it from like the one yard line. So they kind of did a QB sneak and Ritter fumbled it. He never even got the snap. So Tulsa got it back right away. Couldn't convert. It got to fourth and goal and fumbled it into the end zone. But eh, this is not, uh, not a good look for Sparta uh, for uh, the Bearcats. Yeah, because we've seen the committee, obviously just how people perceive that they treat the group of five in general. But this year they, they seem to not be uh, too kind to teams that win ugly, win close games. Cause look at OU. OU is back was yeah. back at eighth or ninth or whatever with an undefeated record because they were kind of winning close, winning ugly. And now, for, unfortunately, that's what Cincinnati's doing. Yep. Uh, all right. My next takeaway is that Purdue, the giant killer, showed Man. up again. They beat Michigan State, number three Michigan State, 40 to 29. Aiden O'Connell and David Bell both had huge games. And honestly, I don't think this really tells us that much about Michigan State. We knew they weren't truly one of the three best teams in the country and that's fine they're having a great year one loss doesn't change that so you know if i'm a sparty fan i'm, I'm still excited but i want to focus on purdue because i think all three of us maybe me the most but have been jeff brom believers yeah and and, and stood yeah. behind him these last couple of years even though they haven't gone well in terms of wins and losses and we've made the excuses with like injuries which is a real excuse, but still, yeah. it, it had been disappointing. But this year, they're now six and four. They probably going to end up seven and five, eight and four against a very tough schedule. So it's it's good to see Brom right the ship. Are they six and four or six and three? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about I'll six and up. four. I think they're six and three. My bad. Even better. <laughs> Even better. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. you're counting the Ohio State loss this week, huh? Oh, maybe that is what that's I did true. in my they head. Will. <laughs> they will. <laughs> yeah. Let's give me some credit and say that's what I did. Yeah, exactly. Your point, though, is well taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, bit, well, speaking of the Big Ten, Big Ten West, I have to talk about the Big Ten West because there's been a lot of teams that have kind of thrown their hat in the ring to win the division. And everyone, you know, they thought it was Wisconsin to begin the year. They lost a couple. People wrote them off. Iowa was the team, of course, getting to number two. Then they they lost a couple. They benched Petrus this past weekend in a narrow win at Northwestern. Wasn't their finest showing. And then Minnesota and Purdue have had, you just touched on, some unexpected wins this year. But after this weekend, there are now four teams at four and two. And Wisconsin all of a sudden seems like yeah. the team to beat. They just crushed Iowa. They beat Purdue before that. Uh, then they just annihilated Rutgers this past weekend on the road. Uh, Minnesota, they could have had a stranglehold on the division, but they lost at home to Illinois as a 14-point favorite, only putting up six points. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of scenarios left uh, after this weekend's result, but it looks like Wisconsin at Minnesota at the end of the year could end up deciding the West. Strong possibility, no doubt. Um, Yeah, it's been a weird division, no doubt about it. Uh, All right, my last one is Wake, or the Wake Forest-North Carolina game. This was just a crazy crazy game and we were kind of joking about the over under from last year's total and <laughs> being it so high and we were joking oh i'm gonna take the over uh, from last year's it went even higher i think it went up out, outscored last year's game that was insane so 
Uh, anyways, so Wake scored in the middle of the third quarter to go up by 18, 45-27. Kind of looked like they were just going to take it over from there. Um, North Carolina just could not stop them. But then all of a sudden, Wake's offense went to sleep. North Carolina went on a 24 to nothing run, got up 10, and Wake kind of got a late touchdown that didn't really matter. The final score is 58-55. to It's a tough first loss for Wake. Um, you know, obviously you're hoping, Wake was hoping to go undefeated. And, but, you know, keep in mind this was a non-conference game, so... You know, they're still undefeated in the ACC play. And honestly, they have probably uh, the biggest game of the year coming up this week. They play NC yeah. State. The winner of that has got a huge advantage in their division. So this is it. I mean, if they win this one, back on track. Amazing season still in pl- still going on. Let's talk about Dan Mullen. It has uh, not been a Uh-oh. good last few weeks for him. So they, I know they had a bunch of um, guys out with the flu or at least uh, playing not 100% with the flu, but Florida lost 40 to 17 at South Carolina. They are now four and five. Ryan, can you confirm that record is correct? Did I, did I add a that one's there? correct? Okay. That one's hey. right. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that, well, I don't, I don't think he'll get fired this year, but you know, and they did fire Todd Grantham and they fired yeah. the offensive line coach. So maybe, maybe that's a sign that they're going to give him a chance to replace those guys and, and head into next year with kind of one last chance to, um have a great season but uh but i don't know they might who knows what happens these these final three games yeah i mean if if they lose to florida state then all bets are off you know what's crazy about this is like florida they were in the sec championship game last year but then i saw that as of right now they are two and eight against their last 10 was it power five teams like that's right that sounds familiar that's that's i would have never guessed that I can make excuses in like six of them, but no, it's it is crazy. Yeah, yeah. The end of last year playing some tough teams, but yeah, it's it hasn't been good, man. It's crazy. All right, uh, my final takeaway is Baylor TCU uh, that game. You know who needs your twenty year coaching legend, your starting quarterback, five star running back from a couple years ago. TCU ended up throwing a wrench into the Big 12 title race. They upset Baylor. Uh, TCU was able to force Bohannon into a couple turnovers, which he had been really avoiding until the last couple weeks. Uh, backup Chandler Morris for TCU threw for 461 yards against a, a strong Aranda-led Baylor defense. We've kind of talked about their defense this year. TCU, it's it's just so odd because they had lost 5 of 6, all that turnover, and now all of a sudden Baylor might need some help because they have Oklahoma this weekend and they already lost to Oklahoma state earlier this year. So big 12 race is still wide open. Yeah, that was unexpected from, from TCU. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's get to our, our segments here. The first one is the coaching carousel. Lots of, of action there. First, I guess we should probably briefly bring up that Jimmy Lake has been suspended Ooh. for one game for striking a player on, on the sideline. I'm sure most of you listening saw the, the clip of that on Twitter and they also fired their offensive coordinator, John Donovan, which maybe again, kind of like with Mullen, maybe that's a sign that Lake will be back and, and yeah. given a chance with a, he better make a better coordinator wow. hire than that. Hard, that was hard, yeah. bad from the start. That was bad hire. But uh, UMass fired Walt Bell. Not a big surprise there. Akron fired Tom Arth. Both tough gigs. But <laughs> Texas Tech has found their new head coach former Baylor associate head coach Joey McGuire. What do you guys think about this hire? Um, Just a little underwhelming, I guess. Uh, I'm not here to say it won't work out, um, but I just kind of, you know, when you fire your coach really early in the season, I think you're kind of hoping for a big name, maybe somebody that might feel like confident in that's had 
proof is in the pudding a little bit. Um, you know, I mean, he's got great Texas ties. Of course, he was a great, successful high school coach there. And that could definitely work out. It's worked out for other schools. We were kind of talking about it before the podcast here. But Jeff Trailer is same similar situations. And now he's killing at UTSA. Art Bryles, when he was going to Baylor. Gus Malzahn did a good job in high school and did it well in, in there. So there's some a couple of examples of it not working out, too. But, you know. <laughs> Tony Sanchez, UNLV, we talked yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did. But, hey, I, I, you know. Maybe this is the right hire. Uh, you know, he hasn't been a head coach at this level, but I remember we were talking about Sam Pittman hasn't been a, a head coach at it really at any level, and we were kind of concerned about that, and he's done a good job so far. But I don't know. It just seems like it's hard to be super excited about that if you're, you know, you're hoping for, I don't know, maybe a Sonny Dykes type or even Jeff Trailer, of course. Like, you know, yeah. that was kind of the His guy. His buyout might have been, I don't know if that was the difference, but maybe they were kind been. of negotiating right there. UTSA was like trying to fend off Texas Tech and who knows, but... Yeah, the tra- trailer this, certainly cashed on the uh, potential for that. This has to be the record for one of the earliest like hires. They doing it so you know you, usually they wait till December fifth or whatever. Yeah, um, very early. The the one the one benefit though is they get a few weeks of where he can hit the ground running on recruiting and at least kind of get a head start compared to some of the other programs that are going to be making the decisions after the year. And I did see a quote from Matt Rule because he was under Matt Rule. You know, this is probably just coach speak, but Matt Rule was like unbelievable home run hire this is the type of guy i would have my my kids want to be coached by so you know take it with a grain of salt but at least some high praise i also like that they apparently are giving him the largest assistant salary pool in the big 12 outside of texas and ou so that with with, for anybody but especially a first-time head coach that the offensive and defensive coordinators and assistants are are huge so yeah it's i've been it's it's not amazing it's not bad it's just okay makes sense we'll see yep yep Yep. uh next bit of coaching news nebraska has elected to keep scott frost and restructure his contract they also fired four offensive coaches if you want our thoughts on that little teaser here you can check out (laughs) our youtube channel youtube.com slash college football bros that should be there right now if michael is diligent tonight it will be out there right now so it won't be well yeah you never know i might fall asleep (laughs) don't hold your breath (laughs) okay let's uh move on to the trivia zone um i'm gonna ask you a trivia question here trivia doesn't matter what it is you have answers zone when you ask me those kind of questions it really pisses me off trivia zone probably throws off new listeners when we speak in the third person like wait i thought that was michael talking because people can't tell the difference between us anyway yeah that's what they say here is the trivia question so wake forest put up 55 points at north carolina in a loss this weekend as you mentioned ryan 33 teams since 2000 have put up more than that in a loss i want you guys to name them no I'm kidding. <laughs> that's not it uh, i'm gonna go through some of Texas those teams Tech. yeah that's they, they did it i think a couple times but i don't i don't yeah. have any of them here but i'm gonna go through some of those teams i'll give you the year and the team tell me the, their quarterback for that game okay Mahomes. it's funny we were joking last week too about that that score of the game by the way because last yeah, year was exactly. 59 53 i know, <laughs> I know ryan <laughs> just said that <laughs> I, <laughs> thanks for listening i tuned him out yeah it's okay we all we all tune each other out like once an episode uh. I know. I thought I was going to get more reaction from Trey when I said that. Yeah, I was like (laughs) asleep at the wheel. (laughs) Okay, so Nevada in 2007 lost 69-67 to Boise State. 
That was several overtimes, so a little asterisk there. What, Ryan? Kellen Moore? No, we were naming the Nevada quarterback. Colin Kaepernick? Was it Kaepernick? It was Colin Kaepernick. That is correct. Uh, Washington State, 2019, they lost 67-63 against UCLA. That was the 32-point mm. lead blown by Wazoo. It's also the... Gardner Minshew? That is incorrect, Ryan. Oh, oh it was right after Minshew. It was the guy right after him. Oh, crazy for, how those Wazoo QBs... Yeah, who threw for like, even more yards than Minshew yeah. did. Yeah, oh. you have like you go through like a holiday fall Minshew. It's yeah, just you like got a, all of them oh except for the. <laughs> yeah, goodness. Uh, I think the all-time leading passer in a single season in Wazoo history, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> oh but he God. was kind of <laughs> the team wasn't as good, so his name is uh, it's kind of a commonish. Oh, name. it's um, the Flash, right? Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Anthony Anthony Gordon, you got it. Oh, Gordon, good Paul, good Paul. <laughs> That's crazy though. Yeah, man. I you think I'd just come to you right away? Yep. Uh, TCU 2014 lost 61-58 at Baylor. I think we all remember that game. But who was the quarterback for TCU? Is it Boykin? Trevon Boykin. Oh, I was thinking that too. Good call, Ryan. Washington 2011 in the Alamo Bowl against Baylor. Keith that Price? was Keith. Keith Price. Price. Give give Trey a chance here, Ryan. Come on. Oh, sorry. I know. I. I number 17, Washington, Keith Price. I, I had it. Wyoming, 2016, lost 69-66 at UNLV. <laughs> Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Must have been one of the he few games. He got sacked by Josh Allen this weekend. That's right. Intercepted. And intercepted. And intercepted. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Juice, one of our patrons, for pointing that out live as it happened. Kentucky, oh, yeah. 2003, lost in seven overtimes, 71-63 against Arkansas. Ooh. Well, was it Woodson? No. Oh, was it Lorenzen? Yep. Hefty lefty. Hefty lefty Jared Lorenzen. Okay. Marshall 2014. This is the last one. They lost 67-66 to Western Kentucky. Uh, Marshall. Oh, was it Cato? Rakeem Cato. Ooh, Rakeem Cato. There you go. You guys went perfect there. Good job. Woohoo. Okay. Let's move on to week 11. And we'll start out with Michigan at Penn State, Penn State minus one. Yeah, and it's a whiteout morning game, a little di- different atmosphere. But uh, Michigan pretty much has to win if they want a shot at winning the East. Uh, Blake Corum last week, their running back got injured. So they're relying mostly on Hassan Haskins, but he's coming off a big game. So I'm not not too concerned there. Especially, you know, Michigan leads the Big Ten in rushing, and Penn State was just gouged for 357 rushing yards against Illinois a couple weeks ago, which was a little alarming. Uh, Uncharacteristic, but something to at least look at for this week's game. But I also want to see on Michigan's side how effective Cade McNamara is. He's missed some plays the last couple weeks with, with some injuries, but... I think he'll be he'll be good enough. And the Lions, Nittany Lions secondary hasn't really been lights out in recent weeks. They just gave up 41 completions to Tagovailoa at Maryland. Uh, ultimately, I'm going to settle on on Michigan because the last two games, Clifford has actually gotten sacked seven times. Michigan's pass rush with Hutchinson and, and Ojabo have combined for 14 and a half sacks, five forced fumbles. Um, they make an extra play, and I think they get the win in Happy Valley. I agree with you, Trey. Uh, pretty much the same kind of reasoning. Uh, the rushing attack really to me is one of the kind of glaring differences between these two squads. Michigan averages twice as many, more than twice as many rushing yards per game as Penn State. And 
it's just tough to to win these types of games in November Big Ten if you can't run the ball. Um, I, I know Penn State's got some great playmakers, Jahan Dotson, and Clifford's done a better job passing um, this year, no doubt. But with the, against that pass rush, I'm just not I'm not liking that matchup. So yeah, I'm taking the the maize and blue. I'm taking Michigan too. I think it's uh, maybe a bad matchup for Penn State with Michigan's running game because since PJ Mustafer, Penn State's nose tackle's gone down. Yeah, the, the run defense has not been very good. Yep. All right, moving on to the Big 12 game we kind of mentioned earlier. Oklahoma is given 5.5 at Baylor. Yeah, Baylor losing a, a tough one last week. Uh, takes a little bit of the luster out of this game, but it, it's still a big one. Um, and But, you know, looking at the game, I don't know. I just don't see a huge difference between these two squads. OU, a little better through the air. I think Baylor's actually a little better on the ground. Defenses are solid not great um but this is going to be OU's third true road game um the first two they struggled it was at Kansas which you know they kind of almost lost to Kansas the other one was at K-State <laughs> where they barely won so you know I don't not really trusting them uh on the road all that much and this Baylor team they're still good I'm not going to overreact to to kind of TCU going out of their mind with backup quarterback just throwing for 460 yards and um, but it was still a two-point game. I mean, you know, Baylor very easily could have won the game there at the end. So not going to overreact to that. It, it happens. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to take uh, Baylor. I agree. Unless Oklahoma is able to return a couple players from their secondary that have been missing, I think Baylor's going to have success passing. And Abram Smith's been a beast on the ground for Baylor. Yeah. And I've just seen too many close Oklahoma games this year to, to yeah. pick them to win by a touchdown on the road. So Baylor. Yeah. Yep, I like Baylor in Waco because I think Baylor is one of the most complete teams that OU's faced this year. And I just think uh, the Bear defense can at least slow down Caleb Williams just a little bit. Sounds good. All right, moving on to our next game. We got Georgia, their favorite 20 and a half at Tennessee. Michael, what do you got here? I like Tennessee's offense to do just enough to, to get the cover here. Georgia's defense, of course, is going to put a ton of pressure on Hooker, I'm sure. And Tennessee's O-line has given up a lot of sacks this year. But they seem to be as healthy as, as they've been coming into this game. Cade Mays played really well last year, or last year, last week. So <laughs> I think he's uh, kind of rounding back into form. And even if they do give up a lot of pressure, Hendon Hooker is first in the nation in passer rating when under pressure, according to Pro Football Focus. So I'll say Tennessee gets to 17 points, which is like 100 against Georgia, and and that gets the cover. Yeah, and Tennessee has been a hard team for me to predict this season, but they're they're certainly better than than I anticipated. Uh, Yeah, same. But yeah, Georgia, like you said, Michael, you alluded to, Georgia hasn't given up two scores. I just think, but I do think Tennessee is the best offense they've faced. Uh, Hendon Hooker to kind of add to your point 21 to 2 touchdown to interception ratio so he keeps care of the ball I know it's a different story against Georgia but he could he can at least he's proven to limit the mistakes and so I think even though the Vols defense is very susceptible Georgia will get theirs but they're kind of trying to work JT Daniels in there I'll say Tennessee can at least score enough to keep it within three scores yeah I'm with you guys here um I'm 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 taking Tennessee. Like Trey said, I think this is going to be the best offense that um, Georgia's faced. And I don't really think it's really that close. I mean, who's the best? Other, the other best, maybe yeah, Arkansas. You thought Florida? You thought Florida? Yeah. You thought Florida? Yeah, that's true. They were juggling QBs. Yeah, and, it was. A, they're kind of looking not so hot now that they followed that up. Not so great, but 
this is going to be a very potent offense that they have to go up against. And Hunter Hooker's like Michael mentioned, even if you pressure him, he's going to still find ways to to make some plays. So, and Georgia, I could see them, you know, like even if they um, get in the lead, it's not like they're just running and gunning and throwing the ball over the place. So they could see this kind of lingering in the 30s. So I'm going to take Michael's shaking his head at me. I'm, I'm that's what, sorry. I was thinking in my brain, how did both Fuente and Heupel not start uh, Hendon Hooker? That was oh, why right. I was shaking oh, my, my head. God. I was just arguing with myself in my head. Like, what? God, I love what was that. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I know, right? What's the deal? Oh, it's, it's it's like the, the Lane Hatcher thing uh, with Arkansas State. Like, two different coaches? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Come on, Lane Hatcher just killed it anytime you put him in the game. Anywho, I'll take the balls. Okay, sorry. sorry. I, I, I was <laughs> shaking, shaking my head. head as I'm Ryan's like, what, what am I saying wrong? <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. Next game, Texas A&M minus two and a half at Ole Miss. What's your pick, Ryan? Uh, I'm going to go with the home dog Rebels here. Um, you know, they played well against a, a good QB last week uh, in Malik Willis from Liberty. Um, got an underrated National League player there. Um, struggle a little bit against the run, but I do think they'll you know, be pretty focused on Spiller and A-Chain in this one and kind of dare Calzada to to beat them through the air and prove that Calzada's healthy. Maybe he's not a full 100%. And, you know, to me, Ole Miss just has such a huge advantage at the QB position between Matt Corral and um, uh, Calzada. So uh, Corral has yet to throw a pick at home. He's been really efficient this year. I don't know, with just the huge gap in QB play, I don't know. I've just got to take Ole Miss at, at home, dog. They're They're playing well. Well, with game day there, the Grove is going to be nuts even earlier. But the question is, will the fans be too drunk when the 6 p.m. kickoff Ooh, comes around? Wow. That's, no that's what we have to no watch out thing. for. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep uh, it going. The, the, winner of this, the winner of this game, though, is could be in line for a New Year's Six Bowl. Could kind of determine that third, third spot in the SEC, potentially. Uh, but I... You know, I'm actually going to go with the Aggies. I'm assuming Calzada is going to be kind of ready to go. And like I mentioned earlier, even with him kind of limited, Spiller and the rushing attack, rushing attack's been effective. Ole Miss doesn't have a, a vaunted defense. And the, the Aggies, I just think they've been playing like one of the better teams in the country. Defense is playing lights out. And Ole Miss, their offense has been held relatively in check the past couple of weeks against Liberty and Auburn. So I'm just going to take the upward trend of the Aggies. By the way, we talk, yeah, the winner, maybe New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, Texas A&M, especially, they are, they could still make the SEC title and win and win it. No doubt if about all it. All they need is for them to win out and, and uh, Alabama to catch a loss, maybe maybe against Auburn. So they still have, of course, a lot to play for. This this game is is tough for me. I don't feel good about it, but I'm going to go with A&M just because I, I worry about the health of the Ole Miss receiving core because... Drummond, I'm not sure if he's going to be back. I think Sanders came back last week, but I don't know if he's 100% healthy. And it's just, I don't know, it's been kind of a revolving door there. So uh, that's that's why I'm picking the Aggies. All right, moving on. We got NC State at Wake Forest. Wake Forest is minus two. Did you guys find it funny that Wake Forest, when they, they scored 55 last week, and it was very similar to the the game I, we, we had oh, last, yeah, year last year, year yeah, was right. a high school yeah yeah <laughs> 59, 53 right yeah yeah very eerily wow. similar interesting but, uh, what, what do you think in, in this nc state weight game so the winner of this game as ryan mentioned earlier see i know he mentioned it i listened yeah, to him oh in the driver's seat to win the atlantic division Suck um <laughs> i i think the gap here defensively 
is bigger than the gap between the two offenses. Wake's defense is just so bad. It's it's hard for me to pick them. <laughs> I know Hartman is is having an incredible year offensively, but NC State's got a very good defense. I think they'll get some stops. And Devin Leary is, I think, somewhat quietly nationally ha- having a great year. He's got 25 touchdowns, three picks. Give me NC State. Not somewhat quietly, very quietly. Yeah. I mean, it's eerily quiet. Um, yeah, it's, Wake has given up over 50 points in two out of their last three games. Um, and one of those was like 56 to Army, I believe. It, they're just not. The game in between, they gave up only seven, but it was Duke, and that was weird. So, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll stick with the stat. 50 points in two of the last three games. Uh, yeah, I, Devin Leary is going to have success. And and I really just agree with what Michael's statement was that the difference between the offenses is not as big as the gap between the defenses. It's going to be a high scoring affair. Um, Hartman's playing fantastic. But I think, you know, NC State's defense is going to provide a few roadblocks um, that Hartman just won't be able to overcome. So I am going to take the underdog wolf pack here i hear you guys this is probably the the least confident i am but i am going to take the demon deacons uh i know nc state they got the ground game with night in person too but uh but i just i really love wake's offense uh, they have the eighth ranked sp plus offense and i know nc state's defense is their strength but they're likely to be out with another starter they lost defensive lineman Savion jackson last week so they're down four or five starters since the beginning of the year so it might begin to pile up we'll see yeah all right. Well, moving on to our our last one here we're all going to talk about. We got uh, Notre Dame, their favorite five and a half at Virginia. Trey? My initial gut was to take Virginia, but I'm, I'm rolling with Notre Dame. Uh, you know, Virginia, they're coming off of a bye. Charlottesville is going to be pumped to have a top 10 Notre Dame squad in town. But, but Brandon Armstrong, he's kind of questionable at this point. He sustained that rib, rib injury versus BYU a couple weeks ago. Mendenhall is saying that they're they're going to give him every minute up to game time to get healthy to go. And I mean, he's having an incredible year. So with them, they're they're a different team. But I'm just not ready to back a non-100% uh, Virginia and Armstrong because especially their defense has been putrid. And the other thing to keep in mind is this isn't a conference game. And Virginia, they control their destiny in their their next two games, which are ACC games, so they might be keeping that in mind for the bigger picture. Uh, I'm just I'm not I don't know I'm just not overconfident in uh, in Virginia without him, and I really like uh, Notre Dame here in this matchup. Yeah, you made some good points there, um, so I'm less confident in my pick, but I'm I'm taking Ryan's Oklahoma argument. I'm gonna gonna use the same argument with with Notre Dame. This is their third. Uh, true road game of the season first one they needed overtime to beat a mediocre florida state team the second last minute comeback against a mediocre virginia tech squad and if kyle hamilton is still out which i'm guessing he will be um yeah you would think that that should really help a a pass heavy virginia offense so i'll go with the wahoos i'm gonna agree with you michael um i'm gonna just bank on armstrong being in the game um and, you know, I just don't trust Notre Dame to win convincingly on the road against a team that has a pretty pretty potent offense and a team that's, you know, I would imagine that they would be ready for this one. This is a, obviously a huge game to have Notre Dame coming into town. Um, so, yeah, Brendan Brent, Armstrong in Virginia for me. Okay. Virginia's let, defense. Eesh. Not yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Let's get to our honorable mentions. All right, I'll lead us off. We got North Carolina at Pitt. This one's on Thursday night. Pitt's given six and a half. 
both coming in on short weeks, but I'm going to take Pitt at home. North Carolina was just in the slugfest, emotional win against Wake. Uh, Pitt was able to kind of roll over Duke. So I think Pitt's more balanced. Kenny Pickett will be licking his chops after seeing what Sam Hartman was able to do against that Tar Heel defense. Next, we got UAB at Marshall. Marshall's favored four and a half. This is the annual game where they honor the 1970 plane crash team. Uh, big one in Conference USA. It's a rematch of the title last year, which UAB won. Both teams, four and one in conference and in must-win mode if they want to get back to the conference title game. I like Marshall here. They've won four in a row. Big win at Florida Atlantic last week. Grant Wells can be up and down, but they have Rasheen Ali, who leads the nation in rushing touchdowns. And then finally, we got Iowa State given 10.5 at Texas Tech. I'm going to go chalk and take the Cyclones. They just destroyed Texas, mainly in the second half. Red Raiders, without their head coach, not brimming with confidence, lost three of four games, their only win coming against Kansas. I could see Iowa State controlling the time of possession in this one, keep their title hopes alive. I'm going to make the Cyclones my lock of the week. All right. My first game is Purdue at Ohio State. Buckeyes favored 20. Uh, Purdue's defense has been quietly, again, another quiet, uh, good performance. And the the defensive staff changes, I think, were the key to that. You know, yeah. finally, fourth time's a charm, whatever it was for uh, yeah. Brom choosing defensive coaches. I think he's got like three co-defensive coordinators, whatever. The more the merrier, I guess. Yep, so it's working. I, I think they'll hold their own. And Aiden O'Connell and David Bell put up some numbers. So take Purdue to cover. I was going to make that my lock. But I kind of changed my mind. This is a, this is a first. But I, I, when we were talking about Tennessee and we all agreed on that game, I was like, maybe I should lock in ten, Tennessee against Georgia. So I'm switching it, right? I'll play the lock sound right Whoa, now. Going back to Tennessee. Right. I'm going back to Tennessee. Tennessee wow. plus 20 and a half is actually my lock. Oh, man. <laughs> it's definitely going to lose now. Yeah. And Purdue's going to cover. <laughs> Shouldn't have gone back. <laughs> Nevada at San Diego State. Aztecs favored two and a half. I think this is a good matchup for SDSU. Their pass defense, one of the best in the country, so should make things difficult for Carson Strong. And Nevada is dead last in the Mountain West in rushing success run. rate allowed. So yeah. Greg Bell should, uh, should have a good game also on the ground. The best punter in history. Yeah, Matt Areza yeah. has he had another he's 79 yard punt last week. And a lot of these, like he's these are not all just bouncing, bouncing. and getting lucky no, rolls. He is booming no, like, in the air. He's incredible. It's crazy. So yeah. What year is Punch. he? I mean, is he going pro next year? Like I don't, I don't know, that. to be honest. <laughs> he could go pro. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Really we should look into it. Washington State at Oregon, minus fourteen. Washington State has continued to play well without Rolovich. The the interim head coach, Jake Dickert, has done a, a really good job with the defense this year. And Oregon, for the most part, hasn't been winning by by large margins at all. So go kooks. Yep, I like that one too. Uh, all right, my first game, I got Minnesota at Iowa. Iowa's favored six. The Hawkeyes have scored 31 total points in the last three weeks. The offense has just been god-awful. Uh, Minnesota's coming off of its own bad loss to Illinois, but Illinois is honestly not playing bad lately. They're, they've been they've been pretty solid, so I'm not going to overreact to that Minnesota loss, and I'm going to take them. Um, it's still got a strong running game. should be a low-scoring game, and I just can't give six points with Iowa when their offense can't even move the ball. Uh, next game I got Miami's favorite two and a half at Florida State. Miami's quietly won three in a row um, with their freshman quarterback Tyler Van Dyke playing really well. Um, and two of those games came against NC State and Pitt, so two of the best teams in the conference they beat. So they're favored by less than a field goal against three and six FSU, who I know has been playing better, but they still have their major wart. So I'm taking the Canes. 
And finally, I got Mississippi State at Auburn. Auburn's favorite five and a half. Tough three-point loss last week um, at Arkansas for Mississippi State when they missed three field goals. That hurts. Um, Auburn, of course, was dominated by Texas A&M. And after watching Auburn's offense really struggle, just don't think I can give that five and a half to a, a solid uh, Mississippi State team with a good quarterback. Will Rogers has been playing really, really well. Seems to be getting this Mike Leach system down. So I'm going to take uh, take them. And I forgot to say my lock. I'm sorry. I'm going back. Oh God, this is this is what a wow. crazy locks episode. Lock. Minnesota going back. Minnesota's my lock plus six at Iowa. All right, I'll lock it in now. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> All right, and by the way, I I misstated uh, so that the matter raised a punt this weekend, ninety yards, seventy nine in the air, Whoa. but it did bounce and go ninety yards. That's, it's stupid, just insane. Seventy nine in the air. He's a junior, and but he had only had five punts before this year. He punted it five times last year, and they were good punts, averaged fifty yards. So he's yeah, I've, I go pro. I'd why go. not? Yeah, dude, you better go. Like, I mean, you're never going to have a higher like, stock no way crazy anyway let's give him the heisman let's close out this episode with the questionable finish among other bad decisions this weekend jimmy lake punted on fourth and one at the oregon 46 on saturday Mm -hmm. rather than going for it what's something you know you should do but for whatever reason refuse to uh for me it's just going shopping for new clothes um Ah, I just I should I need to I shop for like clothes for work just real quick you know I'm a teacher my PE teacher so I just those are easy to get but outside clothes and just uh, wearing every day like that I I don't do it and I, I should I really need to up to my uh, my profile I do that with shoes I, I wear shoes way too long and and don't go, don't go shopping for them Ryan where do you go you're going to get clothes where would you go uh, I don't know like Target and Gap and uh, Okay. Where, you go? where else? Where else do you go? Uh, Macy's. I don't know. <laughs> Man, I never really usually do Macy's. Yeah, I don't have much luck at Macy's. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually more of a Target guy. I found an online place, not sponsored, Mizzen and Main. They've got good stuff. Phil Mickelson. What's it called? Mizzen and Main. Mm. Check it out. Phil Mickelson rocks them. Mm. Anyway, for me, it's I. I apparently refuse to replace the battery in my car key. It's been dead for months and. So I have to pull out the physical key just to unlock and lock my door. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And I just, it's one of those things that's never a priority. It's not that big of an annoyance to where like, I need to go right now. But how and often do you go to the grocery store? You just, you can replace it yourself. Yeah, I know. I just have to, I did. I'm very proud of myself because, <laughs> because of this, I finally, I bought it on Amazon. I bought the battery that I need. Mm. It'll be here. Maybe by the time you're listening again, if hey. Michael's diligent, I will have a working car key. <laughs> So next year you might have it. Thank goodness. Yeah, maybe next year. You just get a new car before you. (laughs) Yeah, I just need to get a new car. It'll come with a working key. Uh, Mine is flossing. I just, Mm. I rarely do it. I I brush my teeth every night. I feel like that's enough, but I just can't afford that extra minute to floss (laughs) each day. Do you use the picks? Like the, I like the picks. They're way better. The picks are way easier. Those are way easier. That would save me seriously time. Yeah. Yeah. Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson injured his knee dancing in the hotel last Friday. What's the most embarrassing injury or most embarrassing way you've hurt yourself? Well, I, I don't think I could top what he did. Um, no. No. Uh, for me, I'd probably say the the one broken bone I've had. Uh, I, I was, I think I was like 10 years old, but 
uh, we were at, I was at my friend's house, the neighbors, and her, his older sister was chasing me around with a fly swatter and uh, <laughs> kind of jumped a few steps off of the stairs and just landed wrong on my ankle and snapped it, I guess. So Oof. getting chased around by a fly swatter. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is was also probably around that age. I fell going down a slide. I was, I was almost at the bottom of the slide and wasn't really a bad fall, but somehow I broke my arm. Yeah. Not yes, smooth. you did. Ugh. I dropped a can of food on my big toe. Uh, I literally couldn't put any pressure on that foot and had to elevate it for about a day. Uh, my toe ended up like filling with blood and looked awful for Ugh. a few months. Ugh, not great. Ugh. All right, back to football. Let's get to our upset specials. Got to pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright. I'm taking New Mexico State to beat <laughs> Alabama on the road. Yeah. Alabama could be looking ahead. Hey, They're looking so- ahead. No, I'm not going to do that. It would be it's it's worth the shot just because it would be legendary to no, pick it, not. but I'm not going to do it. Not it's brave not worth a shot. I'm going to take Duke to win at Virginia Tech as an 11 and a half point dog. I really can't find a great reason to pick Duke. This is more of an anti-Virginia <laughs> Tech play. Maybe they've kind of given up on the season. Fuente's got to be done. They just lost 17 to three against Boston College. All their hopes and dreams for the season are shot. Maybe they'll give up. Yeah, Burmeister might not play that. That that's a good one. I'm gonna go Stanford. They're getting 12 from Oregon State. Stanford's lost four straight. Not ideal, but at least it was the meat of the Pac-12 schedule. And the Beavers just lost back-to-back games against two of the worst teams in the Pac-12: Colorado and Cal. Yeah, Beavers, man, they were in, they were right in the thick of it there, and then they just boom lost to these guys. That sucked. Uh, all right, mine is uh, Tennessee. This one's a little more realistic than Michael's. Uh, they're 20 and a half point <laughs> dogs to Georgia. <laughs> you're getting bigger underdog. Much what? bigger. No, what? I just meant your joke. Oh, one. then New Mexico State. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking yeah. about Duke. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> this one's less realistic than that. Yeah, it's 20 and a half. Hey, Georgia has yet really to be pushed. They've only had really, what, one close game? Clemson. Tennessee with that offense could go fast, could, could throw them a wrench. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the College Football Bros. Thank you to Ethan for his Apple Podcast review. Had some nice compliments for the bros. Also questioning if we're really three different bros or if we're just one person pretending to be three bros. Mm, so He's on to us. Oh, wow. He is. Sometimes we, I have to layer us in over each other as if we're talking over each other. But I am very talented. Or are we very talented? Excuse me. <laughs> okay. Excuse me. Oh, did I give it away? Oh, oh my goodness. Oh. We'll leave that a mystery. But <laughs> thanks for listening. And I will, we will talk to you next week. <laughs> You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.